I'm Joe Normal, and you're watching Guitar Tales with Dave Cohen and Scott Guitarmasisenko. Have a rockin' day. One, two, three key changes that Scott Guitar Mrs. Tangle just gave us in that great little monkeys for addition. We have something super cool and we are alive. For the first time in the history of Guitar Tales, we are live. Here's my Guinness that Scott brought for me last week that I'm drinking to commemorate this. Scott is in the green room. This is one of our intermezzo shows. We want to thank uh, Charles Larita of Mischief Studios for being an amazing sponsor of the show he's one of the first guests we ever had from season one go there for lessons equipment repairs and friendship do all that at mischief studios tonight's show i'm going to let scott describe for us it's a fun show we've already had a little bit of social media response to it scott scoot on into the studio right now if you could hi everybody <clears throat> so tell yes. this is your brainchild i take no credit for it for tonight's show <laughs> My brain child. It is. Well, I have a very small brain, so, <clears throat> uh, you know, well, whatever. Anyway. Hey, welcome, everybody. It's uh, it's good to be here live and uh, mistakes and all. I don't have to edit out dog barks. You're going to if they're, if it's going to happen, you're going to hear them. And now I just cursed it by saying that. You did. Bo will, <laughs> Bo, Bo will bark. <laughs> or my post-COVID coughing. Oh, my God. You poor guy. Yeah. So uh, Tonight's episode is about fake bands on television and film, and we got about, uh, I don't know, 11, maybe 10 bands, 11 bands we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to try to play some clips. Hopefully those won't get sniffed out and silenced, and I started the show with a little monkeys theme uh, because I played it. It did not get sniffed out, so maybe we'll get five minutes into the show. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll get and out. the internet police will shut us down. We got some live chat. Uh, going and when uh, 
people log in, they want to say something, we'll maybe we'll flip it on the screen. We have some comments, things they want to say. We also have our Guitar Tales merch QR code up there on the left. If you hit that with your phone, we will know that you scanned that and that you went to our website to maybe buy a cool hat or a shirt or buy a 99 cent uh, song, either the Guitar Tales theme or my <coughs> uh, theme for Noise Network, which is called Man Overboard. Uh, Which is a, you won a contest with that, if I remember correctly. I, I did, yeah. I won like best guitar solo or something. I sent it in the guitar player for the practicing musician. Yeah, we won absolutely nothing for our song. And I won a shirt and a bunch of strings. <laughs> All right, it works. It <laughs> Even works. like third place or something or second place with that. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about, <clears throat> and again, you know, if we crash and burn, I'll, I'll call it my idea. But if we're successful, I'll call it yours. I'll do the opposite of what people normally do. But I think the reason why this is resonating so much with people, because we got a fair amount of response on social media, is that it's part of the fabric of our youth. I mean, obviously, there's movies that still come out with fake bands and all that. Right. But in terms of what we've chosen to talk about tonight, and I think the reason why people are emphatic, uh, my uh, law partner and really dear friend Elliot he called me today. He said, Dave, we have something very serious to talk about. <laughs> he ended up talking about fake bands with me in the middle of a work day. <clears throat> but when we think about growing up and all the things that influenced us, um, those things that I think make most people in our generation, but really any generation, favor what we grew up with over past or present generations, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a big piece of it. You know, and that's that... When we vote, that's going to influence. I'm not telling you yet how I'm voting for the top, but that will influence. Yeah, my we're, we're gonna we're gonna present these in in, in no <clears> specific <throat> order, but at the end of the show or towards the end of the show, and we really probably try to keep it under an hour tonight, um, maybe less. Uh, I yeah. don't know how long it's gonna take to get through 11 clips and comments. Right, we have some fun facts about each each one of these fake bands that yep. everybody knows and loves. Uh, some some you might love more than others. Maybe we didn't mention your name, and you want to mention in the comments below what your favorite is. Maybe it's a more modern day favorite. Maybe it's an older uh, favorite that we're not familiar with. Right. I mean, look, TV's been around since what the 1950s. <clears throat> Film has been around even longer than that. So there's sure there's sure to be tons of fake bands throughout the years. Um, so let's let's kick it off with one of my personal favorites. I'm ready. Uh, I'm, I'm ready. The favorite of mine, but it's definitely it's one a of my favorite. favorite. So let's. Uh, uh, do you, uh, so do you know where the fun is, David? I I want to find out where the fun is, Scott. All That's right, what go. I would like. I'll tell you where it is. Have no bodies under those watchers. No. They're having fun. <laughs> I'm digging well, that's that. That's the wayouts. That's uh, the wayouts uh, were part of the Flintstones. Um, and I put a little blurb here. You'll see them. I'll pull them up if I can try to do 17 things at once here. Yeah. So it was an animated <clears throat> English band. So you'll see one of the common denominators we're going to talk about is a lot of these uh, fake bands from the 60s all were inspired by the Beatles in some way. Ripping and, off might be another way to put the it. The way outs were no different. I mean, well, they were trying to cash in on Beatlemania, right? Yeah. So yeah. this aired this aired November 26, <clears throat> 1965 on an episode of the Flintstones. So right in the heart 
of uh, Beatlemania, right? Nineteen sixty yeah. through sixty six. And uh, you and I, we're watching, uh, we're watching reruns of that. We're too young. We're both born in sixty four. You might have yeah. been sixty three. You're sixty four, right? Yeah, sixty three. <laughs> right. So we're 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 babies at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So yeah, I mean, there <laughs> there you go. I mean, <laughs> they definitely um, they definitely were trying to cash in on that. I would think. Yeah. Uh, oh, I have to. I forgot I have to bring up another video. There you go. <laughs> you got a reminder. I heard talk, a little blip. Talk in amongst here. yourselves. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's play the next one. All right. Here we go. We're going to jump right into it. Here we go. And I love the way this starts. And here we go. We're going to get sniffed out. Here we go. All right. <laughs> a lot of talking over the top of this. <laughs> I know. So that'll block the sniffing. Right, here, here we go. go. I'll keep talking. Here we oh, go. Yeah. Oh, I like this. Walk down the street. W N. Get funny as folks fun. Everyone we meet. Just go park the town. Hey, we're monkeys. And people say we monkey around. But we're too busy singing. To put anybody down. Maybe we better stop it there and not push our luck. <laughs> yeah, you know, this you're you're going to share with us in a little bit some really amazing trivia. Uh, but they were just such a phenom, uh, the monkeys. And I remember, I don't know, probably middle school. Uh, there there was such resentment from the members of the band because when people in the public found out that at least initially they weren't true musicians, but then they wanted to tour. And then they wanted to be able to sing their own songs, and one of them that was, was kind of rich. All that they wanted to sing their own stuff. Yeah, uh, but <clears throat> of course, Mike Nesmith went went on to be a bazillionaire from uh, the 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 whiteout stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he he was family invent that whiteout. Yep, his mom did actually. Yeah, and but you know it, it's it's got to be interesting. So here you are, you're you're a very young person, young young men in this case. And they have this wild success, and right. So now, whatever amount of money comes does, in fact, come. But now they still want to have meaning. They still want to have respect. And like you said, their desire to be respected in a world that's about music. They were actors. They weren't musicians. Yeah. But but they were thrust in, into the position of being in this fake band, and largely rejected on some level, despite absolutely insane success. Talk to us. About 1967, which this is amazing to me. Here's a, here's a great <clears throat> factoid. Factoid. That's the yeah. one I was looking for. Crap. Oh, there you go. All right. Here's a little monkey's factoid. They sold over 75 million records across across the globe because they had international hits and and many hits here in the U.S. <clears throat> um, they and they received multiple awards, including a Grammy. <laughs> yeah. Best new artist of '67. So they actually outsold. Um, the Beatles and the Stones combined. Combined, yeah. That that in 1967. It's absolutely crazy, and that's that's in the middle of Beatlemania. I mean, the Stones were big then. They were they got a little bigger. I think probably two or three it years actually later. Actually, knocked the Beatles off the chart <clears throat> in 67. I wish I could. Wow, remember the song that was very popular. Um, it might have been Get Back or maybe maybe an earlier hit, but whatever it was, the <clears throat> Beatles were at the top number one spot for a bunch of weeks and here come the Beatles to prefab four and knock the Beatles off the chart. Well, I, I, you know, I didn't share this with you before. I have a theory. How do you, how do you win a Grammy if you're not a real band either? I mean, I mean, they're, they're real songwriters and real <clears throat> musicians behind and, it. Yeah. And I guess, I guess they're the ones who want it. Here's my theory. 
And this is what historically is so interesting to me. So 1967 is nearly 60 years ago at this point, you know, a little less. But, you know, you and I know MTV came out in 82. We <coughs> we started watching In Earnest probably in 83, yeah. something like that. So less than 20 years after that great statistic, right? What takes over music? The ability to every single day or every single week, look at the star, look at the musician, and we had our videos. Well, if you look at the monkeys, I mean, the Beatles had Hard Day's Night, you know, and they had some movies, but the monkeys were on, if you include syndication or just repeats and things like that, they were constantly visually in front of fans. Yeah. And, and I have to think, uh, I mean, obviously the songs are good. They're not, they're not Beatles quality songs, but they're good. I, I, I was thinking about it today when you and I were chatting. It is that the fact that they were consistently on television had to have added to it. What do you have in that mug? Is that your Jameson? Corona. Oh, all right. <laughs> so if I choke <laughs> on my beer, it'll be a Corona cough. All right, that's not bad. Here's but I, that has to be a piece of it because the, the songs are good, the performance is good, but I can't imagine that it was that good. This is a better statistic. Look at that. Yeah, uh, Hendrix opened for the... Uh... For the monkeys, a lot of people know this. Some people don't. Maybe, maybe you're learning that today here on our yeah. educational television show. Um, yeah, they went on their first tour in '67. That was a really, really hot year for the monkeys. And they and but Hendrix only played seven of the 29 <laughs> events because half the time he was getting booed off the stage because the kids wanted to see the monkeys. They wanted that pop rock and yeah. Uh, reminiscent of back to the future where marty goes i guess you kids aren't ready for that yet yeah you're right you're i, I just right. imagine hendrix going out there going ape ape poo ape shit ape oh, shit we could say first here's, here's our first bark of the night but was losing his mind oh great yeah it's all good so <laughs> he got put off the stage a bunch of times and he's just like i i can't do this anymore and he left the tour he only did seven out of 29 dates yeah it's a shame because he would have been successful as a guitar player had he continued <laughs> yeah speaking of uh beatles-esque ripoffs here's our next clip what try, don't sniff this one out i'm gonna try to cut it short too all right let's see how we do we'll keep talking over it <laughs> oh that's so I bad love the, i love the classic moves are great it's so bad so you can see each one of these guys is basically ripping off the whole of a famous person. Yeah. And Mr. another. Mr. Hallisbury Square. I like those guitars, though. Yeah. Got the, he's got the furry vest. That was a very popular yeah. uh, thing back in those days. All right, hold on. Keep it still for a minute. Was Oops. that an, is that an ES? Yeah, right. I think so. I think it's the an other one ES. looks like a uh, Dan Electro, maybe. Yeah, that looks like a Dan Electro. Yeah. But that's an ES-335 oh, or something, Do you remember the name right? of this band? You, you, you... No, I do not. Here we go. The Mosquitoes! I do not remember them. The Mosquitoes, another insect name right they like yeah beetles, so let's call them the mosquitoes so was that was that aaron spelling who did uh gilligan's island no sherwood schwartz that's right sherwood Brady Bunch guy that's right that's so right so the band members names were <clears throat> bingo bango bongo and irving which is irving. <laughs> well fun fact um 
when when I was right before you and I formed the Cure together, yeah. I was in the punk band Bloody Smegma, and we had D-Day Druxen, Donnie Vandal, Animal, and Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I was the nerd in the group. So, um, so <clears throat> interestingly, whoever did who had, who did the actual music? Of course, they had to record these songs for the television show. Right. Those actors didn't know how to play. Obviously, you got one right. drum going that way, one drum going this way. The other yeah. drum says, what do you want from me? Um, so they were played by Les Brown Jr. in a folk group, the Wellingtons, who sang the original theme song in the first season. Just sit right back in here. Those guys. Oh, that's, so those that, guys did the, uh, <laughs> the musical portion uh, for, the, for that. For that. They had range. <laughs> they did. Yeah. Now, obviously, they weren't as popular as uh, the monkeys but you know they're again trying to cash in on that the whole beetlemania Beetle, beetlemania thing so yeah. sticking with our um our concept of of copying the beatles or whatever um there was a uh a prefab four from england and uh this is this is a this is a little clip of one of their videos called cheese and onions the ruddles there we go This isn't bad. No, it's not. Delicious. It's quite brilliant, actually. So I had the Peter Mask X, uh, yeah, you know, cartoon <laughs> trying to copy Yellow Submarine. That's exactly so, it. So this actually. Um, was a special in BBC and then uh, the the folks at SNL got a hold of it and put it on as, as like a little clip during SNL. That that's a bit of trivia I was not aware of. Yeah. And so <clears throat> uh, so if you if you see the Reddles movie, it's like a fake documentary. They got a bunch of guys from Monty Python in there and a bunch of people from uh, from SNL at that time, you know, Belushi and Aykroyd. Right, Arnold, right, right. Hilda Radner's in it. Um, and then they actually at, got cameos from George Harrison, who oh, actually, really? absolutely loved the Ruddles parody. Um, John was more worried about they were going to get sued for copyright infringement. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Although he did like it. And Paul was uh, quoted as saying no comment like a bazillion times. And then finally he came around and said, okay, yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Right, um, right. Ringo liked it, except it, <clears throat> part of it was a little dark. It kind of reminded him of the dark times of the Beatles, like, because it's a fake documentary, they talk about right. the Ruddles breaking up and Apple Core, their Apple oh Core my God. radio uh, thing. Oh, they're, that's they're, funny. The studio that went under. So Ringo liked it, except he thought some of the stuff at the end was kind of depressing because it mimicked a little too closely uh, uh, what, I, what actually yeah. happened to the Beatles. <laughs> it cuts um, like a knife, as they say. Yeah. Let me get rid of that. So here's some more factoids. Um, so, so they were actually sued by ATV music, right? Uh, so John, John, <coughs> John's worry had come to fruition, fruition. Because, yeah. uh, they were actually sued. Um, at that time, ATV music owned the Beatles catalog of songs, not Michael Jackson. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, they did go to court and they, 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 I think they, they settled out of court for like 50% of the royalties for the songs that sounded too close. And right, the songs right. that they, <clears throat> the Beatles songs that they originally wrote, um, 
that didn't sound like an actual Beatles song. Uh, they let them keep the royalties to that. That sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. That's the lawyer in me talking, too. It sounds like a decent settlement. <laughs> the Beatles made a couple of bucks on it, so that's not exactly. So good. And they were hurting, so that's good. I feel you know, I feel better about the Beatles. Exactly. You know? All right, so here's our next clip. <clears throat> we're going through these much quicker than I thought. So way before Kiss, um, these guys got into costumes. <laughs> and they are, of course, the Banana Splits. And that is just such a catchy song. And, and you know, we opened the show today talking about our childhood and sort of the fabric of, of growing up. Uh, I used to look forward as, as a kid to the show, but I, I think in my head, all I really remember is the intro because it's a very catchy song. It's fun. It's silly. It's light. Yeah. And, and some of what's so great is that somewhere a musician came up with that. It's just yeah. a, it's just a catch. It's almost like a jingle more than a song, you know? So that was a Hanna-Barbera <laughs> deal. However, yeah. uh, we, we got a factoid here, which I didn't know until I was researching some of these things. And, um, I think I just had a great idea of playing the video without the sound. That's kind of yeah, that does work. That's smart, and we won't get in trouble. Um, so we won't get in as much trouble. Yeah, the costumes yeah. were created by Sid and Marty Croft. So they went to Sid and Marty Croft, who had you know major success with H and R Puff and stuff, and making all those kooky costumes. And right. Anna Barbera went to him and said, "Hey, can you make us some costumes for this show we're putting on?" Which is which is kind of weird because I figured they'd be. Competitors. competitors with them yeah those atvs are great i actually <laughs> drove one of those in the 70s you just drive it with two sticks oh really my friend uh my friend's dad uh bought the said i'm buying the banana splits cars i saw it on television and he went and found out who made them and bought one and and the kids used to drive around it for oh that's fantastic six-wheeled vehicle oh that's very cool but that, uh, that's such a fun friend, i mean chocolate <clears throat> literally hearing that song makes me happy because <laughs> i mean how often do you want to hear that song you know that is a happy song but i don't it think is. it's as happy as this song hello world in a song that we're singing come on get happy that's just a great song <laughs> wisely you cut it off before we can get nailed yeah. um but that, yeah, that's just a well-written song. That, that's it. Just is. Yeah, so and obviously, I, um, there's there's some backstory here. They they were going. They they hired the the people uh, for the show because they were actors, not because they could sing. It was only an afterthought that they found out Dave David Cassie could actually sing. And Shirley um, Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Supposedly Shirley Jones is, might be in the recordings, but it's, she's tucked away in the background. You can't even right. really hear her. Um, but <clears> the uh, the band, the, David, of course, is the only one um, doing the actual singing, and the music was largely played by the world famous Wrecking Crew. Did covered those songs in the yeah. studio for him. That's pretty cool. And and you know, let's not forget about Dave's brother Sean. Or his yeah. nephew or cousin or something. No, his brother. <clears throat> I actually have. I'm a huge teen idol. Yeah, I actually have uh, that rock and roll song on my playlist. It's actually, 
I want you, I want, I want the Smoking Jackets to do that song. <laughs> it's a very catchy song. And, Susan, and who's hotter than Susan Day on the piano? Oh, my God. Nobody. <laughs> Such an early crush of mine. So here's another factoid. They were uh, this idea of a musical family in a bus traveling around with their right. mom in charge. By the way, I didn't know this, but um, Mrs. Partridge is actually a widow. I was always I always wonder what happened to the husband. I always I had a that bunch too. of kids, you know. Yeah. So that's that's the backstory there. Anyway, so it's loosely based on this musical family called the Cow Sills, um, who were evidently very popular in the sixties and early seventies. Um, and they were originally supposed to do the show, but they scrapped it because they were terrible actors and even though they could sing, right, it, right. it, it didn't fit the formula <clears throat> of the show. So they just they just kicked them to the curb. Well, clearly the right decision was made. I mean, the, I mean that was just a huge show. It's one of those shows when we when we were limited to a time slot. You know, at that age, I was were... I was definitely inspired to play music after watching them play in the garage and stuff. Yeah, um, and they had they had a couple of kids that were playing the drums. I guess the first kid uh, wasn't getting along with the cast, especially Danny and and Danny Bonaducci. <laughs> right, he's fighting with him all the time. So <clears throat> his parents took him out. And they replaced them with another kid. I, it's irrelevant. I forget what their names are. But if you look at the early shows, it's one kid playing the drums. Right. He goes away and they got another kid. Back in those days, it didn't matter. Like you had, you had the two dicks on Bewitched. Right. I know. No one knew <laughs> the Dick difference. York, Dick Sargent, you know, they, they, they would just, they would just and, fire people, put other people in there. And I think there were two different female leads. It wasn't all, always Elizabeth Montgomery. I think there were two different women who played. Well, I know, I know there were two different Marylands in the Monsters. Butch Patrick told us that. Yeah. Uh, so back in those days, they just, they just did whatever did they had to do, and yeah. they didn't yeah. really give a damn. All right, here's our next one. Here's one for the ladies. Josie and the Pussycats. Long tails and ears perhaps. Guitars and shops and flaps. Neat, sweet, a groovy song. And I guess they were somehow hooked up with Scooby Doo. I just noticed in there. Yeah. Now, uh, now the funny thing is, kids. What kind of guitar was that? I couldn't really tell. <laughs> probably some kind of Fender. Yeah, I think you're so, right. So the theme song was written by by a couple of guys. Hannah, oh, really? Joseph uh, Barbera and William Hanna, Hanna Barbera, and Hoyt Curtin. I don't know Hoyt's a guy's name too. I think. I think it is. I think it is. So, but Anna and Barbara use pen names instead of actual names in the credits for writing the song. They probably didn't want people to know. <laughs> but, but then the funny thing is that that that's an iconic band because I think that led a lot of real time bands to form like girl power type bands. Yeah, and and, and you've seen so many copycat. I'm not trying to use the word cat, <laughs> but I guess I did. <clears throat> But but there's been so many live bands that that have replicated that in real life that they they actually had a pretty profound influence. Yeah, I would I would love to hear from some of the ladies uh, to comment below. We'd love to hear yeah. from you or in the live chat. Um, did that inspire you to play guitar or drums or bass or bang two tambourines together? Yeah, Which is a really weird way to play tambourine. I don't know why she's banging two tambourines together. <laughs> the sound worked though. It did. Yeah. yeah she's... Oh, here's here's some guys you might have heard of. Come on, oh, baby, don't you wanna go? Come on. 
Of course, that's the Blues Brothers. Um, it is. Starring Bo on, that's the, right. on the Barks. <laughs> All right. So now you gave me a good segue. So my, my I told, mentioned earlier Elliot Kaladi, my partner and friend. Here's what he wrote in on our website. The partridges and the monkeys are obvious and would be hard to justify not including. But the best, and I would argue the most influential, would be the Blues Brothers. They had an all-star team of musicians and single-handedly brought the entire genre to the attention of a mass audience through both television and movies. It's hard to argue against Elliot. He uh, he, yeah. he voted uh, just the best. And Steve Cropper, I mean, we all know that name because of the Blues Brothers. They were right. semi-real, semi-fake. Yeah, I mean, but all those guys played <clears throat> in, in, in massive records and Motown records and, and you know, uh, I mean, it, and and just the cameos in the in the in the movie alone was like incredible. oh, it's crazy. And now well, and now it's like historically great that they're preserved. Their performances are preserved. I mean, they're pre-recorded, of course. But I mean, uh, Aretha Franklin and Cap um, Calloway, Cap uh, Calloway, of course. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And James, James Brown, <clears throat> right? And, and the funny thing is, you know, I remember. When, when they were on Saturday Night Live, I had trouble accepting them because, you know, was, I guess I was a teenager when they came out. You know, I'm thinking, all right, Dan Aykroyd's a comedic actor. John Belushi's a comedic actor. Dan is, you know, fooling around on the harmonica. Yeah. This, and I'm thinking to myself, this is bullshit. They're not a real band. And I was a little, I, I wasn't willing to accept them. And here we are 40 some odd years later. And I look back, my perception of them historically now, Monday morning quarterback, I guess, they're just a real band. Belushi's yeah. <clears throat> voice is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Dan's is too. Dan plays a mean harmonica. And they were both students of the blues. As you you, you and I were chatting earlier today, they're, they were from Second City, which means they're from Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and and they grew up, no doubt, listening to Chicago blues. For real. Yeah. Like they were real fans of the blues. <clears throat> and, and there's a reverence in that, that movie. Yeah. You know, they and and I think as we look back, um, supporting Elliot's position, um, there's an authenticity, mm-hmm. you know, to that band and because of that reverence, I think. And those scenes with that, that scene with Ray Charles, it's just fantastic when he, oh my god, it just, it, it's yeah. great. We're like, oh, you know, this keyboard's a piece of crap, it's got no action. You're like, I, how many music stores you've been in? Like, oh, this guitar, <clears throat> oh, yeah, let me, let me give it to me and I'll show you how to play that thing, right? Right. Um, and and you get. Two other fake bands for the price of one. You get Murph and the Magic Tones and the right. good old boys. The kind right. of band that they, That's that right. they pretended to be the, place, had, the bunker yeah, there. Yeah, we had someone on our Facebook page, someone made that comment. Yep. Yeah. Very really cool. great. Definitely, definitely high on my list. Yeah. Um, here's, here's a little scene <clears> for you. Let's see if you know what this fake band is. This is a top to uh, you know what we use on stage, but it's very very special because if you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to eleven. Look right across the board, oh. eleven, oh, eleven, and most eleven, of and then amps go up to ten. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not ten. <laughs> you see, most most blokes you know be playing Lokes. ten. You're on ten yes. here, all the way up, all the way up, all the, yeah, way, all up. the way up. You're on ten on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere. Exactly. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff. I wonder if you know this is completely do, like 11. Exactly. Improvised. One loud. Why don't you just make 10 it's so good. and make 10 be the top? I love his reaction here. That a little louder. 
these go to 11. <laughs> that, that, that is, <clears throat> it's comedically brilliant. Every song sucked, but they were fun <laughs> at the same time. Well, and, I think I think if they're mimicking anybody at this point in time, they're probably they're doing they're mimicking the big shows, right? They're making fun of a parody of the big shows like Kiss with the fire and the yeah, and the yeah. monsters, and you know, like you got Eddie from uh, Iron Maiden coming out, you know. So, know. so that <clears throat> that was very clever. And uh, our little factoid here: they're all American <laughs> playing British rockers. Oh, that's right. That's I, right. I hope it didn't upset any British folks. Yeah. Uh, well, I I think it's brilliant. I, it is. I actually, um, when I was in England last fall, I, I did a sort of a forced perspective picture to make Stonehenge, as they call it, not Stonehenge, but Stonehenge. Mm -hmm. Make the remember that scene where all the pieces are really, you know, really little. Like I have this whole big thing. They bring them out on stage, right. and then, and then the, the the pillars are like eighteen inches tall. Yeah, I did a forced perspective <laughs> picture to make them look that little. But it was, and they did play their own instruments in that, unlike a lot of the other fake bands. They're all they good. Did, yeah, they, I think they did anyway. Um, <clears> I, I know my, they did. My understanding is that they actually did play them. And I, I'll, I'll say that with confidence, like I'm right. I just think I'm right. Um, but, but yeah, I believe, because they, they, you know, they, they, um, they did another musical um, afterwards. Um, I forgot what it was called. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty confident that they played all their own instruments on I that. think they I think they did too, yeah. Yeah, Chris Guest is like a real musician. I know that much. Yeah. So our factoid here for folks that are listening to the podcast, um, the band Spinal Tap first appeared in a video as part of a 1979 sketch comedy special called The TV Show, a project spearheaded by Rob Reiner, who was the director, and Mike right. McKean, who we just saw in that last clip. <clears throat> um, uh, just, just brilliant, just hilarious. Yeah. Okay, I know this is one of your favorites. It is. I know very, it's coming very, up. Very, very catchy. Yeah. Ah, the old Fender. Yeah. Rick and Becker? sort of a, a Beatle ripoff, so to speak. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, they, um, they're all dressed the same, and the drummer... He's doing it's, the jazz style. Yeah, the drummer is the guy that uh, sort of brought everything to the next level. You know, yep. they, they often say that when Pete Best left the Beatles or was replaced by Ringo Starr, that they really started to take off. Yep. Um, so that's the O'Neaters. Yep. Did I just pronounce that? <laughs> oh, the Wonders. The Wonders. That's right. I, actually, in my research, I found a band called the Wonders. Did you really? <laughs> it's. It's one, just the way they spelled it there, with it with an asterisk in between the durs. Oh, I like that. That's one dirs to kind of break it up, which is kind of funny. So uh, you may or may not know that the movie was covered by and directed by Mr. Tom Hanks. Yeah, he's brilliant in that movie. He, you know, his ability to just be understated and authoritative at the same time. Mm -hmm. He he was sort of the sage person. You know, say I've seen a million bands come and go, and this is what you got to do. You know, again, and he always had that sage advice for everyone. Um, That's uh, coming from an era where th those things actually really happened. The rock and yeah. roll shows. My dad played in a lot of rock and roll shows um, to get exposure, getting on the bus in the winter and going on to the next city, and you, <clears throat> you know, not how you were going to be received. Right. Hearing hearing your song on the radio for the first time. <laughs> You know, yeah, paying paying off the DJs or the radio station to have your song played. Payola, uh, as they call it. Yeah. So yeah. 
there's a fictional record label here on our little factoid called Playtone Records, which is the record label that the, the Wonders were on, yeah. um, which eventually became an actual record label. Oh, I didn't know that. That's, <laughs> under, that's... under Epic Records um, to release the song um, as, a, as a single. And well, that's kind of like the uh, Catalina Wine Festival. It did quite well. So those are yep. our 10. Now, we do have an honorable mention <clears throat> here. All right. Uh, because our the, the fans of the show it's, have spoken. Right. And uh, I agree that it's, it's, it's probably the most realistic fake band besides maybe the Wonders and the Blues Brothers um, that we have on the list. And that's Stillwater. They're reminiscent of, uh, you know, like uh, country rock bands. Yeah, it's exactly like that. In the mid to late 70s. No, Uh, that it's filmed perfectly. And, you know, uh, that that just looks like concert footage. That's all. That's from the the movie Almost Famous. You haven't seen it. I recommend you, highly recommend you see it, whether you're a musician or not. Yeah. Uh, Again, sort of a rags to riches, garage band to fame uh, story. Um, with lots of little moving stories and parts and stuff. It's, it's very, very good. Yeah. So again, for our podcast listeners, I'm going to read the factoid here on Stillwater. There was a real band named Stillwater that Cameron Crow crossed paths with in the 1970s at the famed Capricorn Picnic. So the, the Capricorn Picnic was some kind of big... Like a festival. Celebrity-filled picnic <clears throat> that they had, and this band was playing there. And the name of the band was actual Stillwater, and I guess they came up with the concept from the movie from that actual Capricorn picnic. If you guys know about the Capricorn picnic, have more information, drop us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're sort of at the time where you and I have to vote right now. Yes. So uh, why don't you reveal your your pick, your top pick? Yeah. So I, I, I feel strongly about this just for me, which is the wonders, that thing you do. And here's why. Uh, I, I actually debated Elliot today uh, because the movie, in my view, is so perfectly crafted uh, with, with great acting, a great story, uh, a love interest. Uh, and, and that song had the strength to carry an entire movie. So every time we heard music, we would hear a piece of that thing you do. Yeah. And, it, you know, even as you were playing our, you know, probably 21 second clip that we had to keep short, the guitar work was nice. The, the harmonies were nice. The, the, the melody was nice. So I'm not looking at the song or the band in isolation. I'm looking at a song that's connected uh, to a fabulous movie. And, be, and that's a movie every single time I see it on cable or TV. I will watch it because I think it's just turn it off. No, it's just a well-crafted movie and I'll appreciate all the little pieces of it. So I'm not looking at the band in isolation. I think objectively there's other band, other fake bands, which is funny uh, (laughs) that are better than the Oneaters. But in in the realm of fake bands, they win it for me. Very cool. Now I have to give honorable mention for my choice. My honorable mention is the monkeys because the monkeys were the very first record I ever had when I was a kid. I cut it off the back of a bottle, a box of cereal, an Alphabet's box, 
and it was a record that you can actually play. <laughs> oh, I remember those. Like, yeah, actually on the the cereal board or whatever. You cut yeah. it out, and I played that song to death. The last train to Clarksville. But having said that, that's not my number one pick. My number one pick is the Blues Brothers, because uh, the whole movie in itself is just it's just exactly <laughs> like some bands uh things the bands have to go through right with the right. playing behind chicken wire again my father said that happened to him um uh, uh playing in a lounge to make money when you can't make it with a band you really want to play with uh right. the magic tones and uh, their stage presence with their suits and their very very uh instrument cabinets and so forth but the Blues Brothers, uh, it's you know, it's authentically <clears throat> sang by the guys that were also acting in the movie, which, right, right, which is one reason. And uh, the music's fantastic. I mean, they're doing covers, but still, uh, it's definitely a believable fake band. Like, Absolutely. And they did actually tour. <laughs> That's right, they did afterwards. Yeah, and they got some of the greatest musicians ever in there: Bones Malone and uh, Donald Duck Dunn with the pipe and. Uh, Matt Guitar Murphy and Cropper and, and Steve Cropper, of course, right yeah, in there, yeah. uh, who played yeah. with, with uh, many, many uh, musicians over the years and many hits that you know. Like, check out Steve Cropper's discography. I'm like, whoa, he played guitar on that. He played guitar. I, th I think I saw him. I think he, I saw Ringo, I don't know, 10, 10 months ago in Atlantic City. And I think Steve Cropper was in that band. I think. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's tremendous. Tremendous. So that's my pick. Yeah, I like it. I had a lot of uh, comments on um, Facebook uh, earlier in the week when I put up the question. That there were just some that, some bands I just never heard of. Yeah. Maybe it's because we're old. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Everything we did was geared toward our generation, but really oh, cool stuff. The greatest <clears throat> thing here because I should have uh, looked this up earlier for, for everybody. I'm just going to talk amongst yourselves. Uh, somebody put uh, Crucial Taunt. Dave Price said Crucial Taunt. Not familiar with that band. Um, uh, somebody, Night Drive. Uh, maybe that's a, a band, possibly. Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. I like the name. I'll tell you I love that. the name. I don't know where it's <clears throat> from, honestly. Jet Screamer. Uh, Steel Dragon. Dewey Cox. That's one I'm familiar with. Eddie and the Cruisers. Yeah, the Beaver Brown Band. Yeah, right? they did. They covered that. Um, a band called Disaster Area. I'm not that. sure where that comes from either. See, <clears throat> Danger Kitty, the Queen Haters. These are all the ones I don't know. And then uh, uh, many of the selections were the ones we had tonight. Um, and uh, here, oh, Elliot did comment on the on the feed here. Yeah, and he basically said what you had mentioned. So. With that, we're at uh, 42 minutes live. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I did. That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this will be available as a podcast audio, of course. Um, hopefully, uh, we won't get sniffed out and shut down. No. But if we did, you saw it live here. You did. And, and it may not be able to be played anywhere else. <laughs> no, and if, if you could do us a favor, too. Uh, if you like our show, even if you hate our show, uh, like us on uh, Facebook. If you find this on YouTube, if you could subscribe, it costs you nothing, uh, but it'll allow us to keep bringing the show to you over and over and over again. Uh, we're having a lot of fun with it, and we're trying to really give you as much enjoyable content. That yeah, again, we get 
thousands yeah. of views and thousands of <clears throat> listens on the podcast. We're on Amazon Music, Audible, Audacity, uh, iTunes, you know, just about yeah. anywhere you listen to podcasts. We are there. Uh, the we numbers, are. The numbers are great, but we need you to subscribe. Yeah, yeah, we'll get analytics that put us 60,000, a month, which is really nice compared to Yeah, we appreciate the, that. Yeah, compared to the two or three people. <laughs> we get some crickets and people. <laughs> so we do appreciate it. But if you could do that, that would be great. And we have more great shows that we're in the process of lining up. We're probably about eight or nine guests deep yeah. in terms of Scott manipulating the schedule that got screwed up because of my COVID. We gotta, um, uh, we're going to really, <laughs> really stuff September full of shows. We will. probably release them about every other week yeah. um, for you guys. But we have over, I don't know, 40, 50 shows. Uh, it goes, goes way back. And we're still um, live streaming our past shows every Thursday night at 7 o'clock Eastern. You could check that out. And uh, we really appreciate it. Get yourself a Guitar Tales hat or a shirt by clicking on the merch button there and uh all these links are on facebook and instagram and all that stuff so with that who do you want to uh take us out tonight do you want to do big daddy or you want to do a little phil x uh i'm in the mood for big daddy tonight all right let's hit it big daddy take us out brother <laughs> i'm number two i'm number two no i was the second that's right. I was the second one. The second on Guitar Tales, ladies and gentlemen. You're watching it right now. I'm Big Daddy M with the Amish Outlaws. I gotta go back to work. Here we go. Tales, my day.